Welcome to the Restoration Counseling Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, professional counselor, Jared Pogue. Um, thanks for joining me today in our live video podcast. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I'm here with one of our newest and maybe our, one of our most fascinating team members, uh, James Francis, Jr. I'm going to throw Jr. into there. I know we were having a discussion about that. Uh, James, I'd like to give you an opportunity to kind of uh, say hi to everyone and uh, do a quick introduction about yourself. Hey, my name is uh, James Francis. Uh, I'm from Miami, Florida, and uh, my parents are Jamaican, so I naturally like to have fun. I have an island background, um, so uh, I just got married to the love of my life. Um, hey, congratulations. A couple months ago. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, man, by the grace of God, we were able to get married, have the ceremony, go out of the country for our honeymoon, and come back right before the pandemic hit. So That's some good timing right there. <laughs> um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's a good point that uh, you got back in the country i mean this is like a, a few weeks. literally a week a week right. there we go wow. yeah and then everything started shutting down and so um you know just god was gracious with that with that timing i think that's amazing um we will have a a full conversation about cooking jamaican food if i'm not careful uh because uh where i live is a uh, there's a heavy jamaican population and i've learned so much cooking about jamaican food that i find such a huge love of spice and using a lot of these ingredients nowadays in my life but I'm going to hold off on that. Otherwise, this will become a cooking podcast, uh, which I'm totally into. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I'm going to hold off on it for a minute. So uh, as I'm introducing you, I want to know a little bit more about you, James. So um, uh, you're from Miami, Florida. Uh, mm -hmm. I would love to know more about your sort of education background, sort of what got you into counseling and how you ended up here. Okay, yeah. So um, I grew up, my dad is a pastor, and so uh, naturally I was just plugged into everything in the church. Every time the doors were open, I was there. And so um, my dad kind of pushed me into the pastorate, <laughs> being a youth pastor. And um, it was just there, just having those organic relationships with the young people, being able to relate to the older people, because I have kind of an old soul. Um, you know, so just kind of seeing that I could like bridge that gap. Um, God just kind of gave me some gifts that I was able to like kind of speak to both generations and, and kind of just bring people together. So um yeah that that was one of the things that that i was like hey you know this is great but i wanted to know more about the bible and i wanted to know more about counseling so i was like oh why don't i go to seminary and so i can study counseling and so i can just get like a deeper biblical understanding but then i can also you know learn clinical skills and, and you know just to be um more proficient in that area yeah 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 absolutely so where uh, where did you go to school uh, I went to uh, the Pentecostal Seminary in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. Oh, nice. And, there we go. Um, yeah. And so uh, it, it, that's the denomination where I grew up. And so um, it's funny because like I had kind of like a theological awakening while I was in that school and things like that and just started actually leaning more towards the Reformed oh, understanding of theology. Yeah, that's a fascinating story just for another time. Um, but like God has definitely just used me to kind of bridge gaps between different faiths and things like that from both Protestant and Catholic and just a number of different people because um, in Miami, there's just such a mixture of so many people. Oh, yeah. Definitely. that it's like, wow, the way that we study theology shouldn't really separate us, um, but it should actually bring us together because essentially it's how we study the God that we love and that we adore. And I think there's something beautiful and very important about diverse points of view, right? Uh, disagreements and, and, and agreements too, right? Mm -hmm. I think that we, we can look at one side more than the other. Sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you have a PhD. Do I need to be calling you doctor during our, our, uh, our time here? <laughs> 
I, no, no, no. I always go by James. You know, I happen to have a doctorate. Um, I studied resilience and spiritual maturity at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. So again, you know, just my theology just comes from a number of different places. But um, yeah, James is fine. You know, uh, even my family calls me JJ. So that's oh, just a affectionate go. name. That's James Jr. So there we go. That makes perfect yeah. sense. I, I, I'm not sure I've, I've earned that right yet. I will totally work <laughs> my way into JJ. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Uh, during this interview, but we'll see. I'm, I'm going to be shooting for that. Let me put it that way. Um, so you mentioned your thesis. That's kind of the sort of thing that we want to be talking about today. I, I thought this was a really, really great subject, particularly considering we're still in the middle of lockdown. We're still in the middle of COVID. Um, that we're, we're sitting here, resilience especially, uh, is a huge part of this. I, I find that resilience is a virtue worth its weight in gold right now as well as spiritual maturity i think these i can see how these two will go hand in hand um so i think where i want to start first is sort of asking you to give some definitions like what do you mean when you're when we're talking about the, the concept of resilience and spiritual maturity can you, can you sort of define these two for me absolutely um so i want to talk about i don't want to bore you guys with like technical terms and things like that but um operational definitions about... are always important <laughs> So with resilience, right, it's, it's a sociological term um, and a psychological term. Um, and that's really bouncing back from adversity in its simplest form, right? Um, it's an adaptation to stressful situations or being able to make meaning out of life's difficulties, right? And so the research that I saw was that most of these definitions did not include God at all. Mm. Um, and so um, I was like, okay, so if someone is more resilient, are they more spiritually mature? Or if someone is more spiritually mature, are they more resilient? And so this study has never taken place before. So that was really just like the first of its kind, like, hey, let's combine these two things. Um, and so when I say spiritual maturity, what I'm talking about, it's, it's an inner transformation and it happens in a believer, right? It's God's okay. grace that enables us to go on a lifelong journey of obedience, faithfulness, and striving to be like Jesus Christ. So that's what I mean when I say spiritual maturity. No, no, that's very, very good. Um, and for resilience, how would you sort of uh, define that in this sort of um, atmosphere? Uh, just so actually, what my research led me to do is to kind of have a spiritual definition or a Christian uh, definition of resilience. And so what I'll do is, you know, take the term, take the bouncing back that we get from sociology or psychology, and then also take, you know, spiritual maturity. And so uh, what we have here is that God will assign or he will allow adverse events to happen, right? So that he will produce the character in us that he desires, right? And so the testing, the refining, all of that process, it's difficult, but it's temporary. There's a time limit to it, right? So when we engage in resilience and, and we, we face adversity and different things, it produces um, joy in the believer, right? Or, or, or we're able to adapt and have a joyful attitude because we can trust and we can hope in God and the future that he has despite the trials and everything that we're going through, right? And so when we persevere and when we make it through, we're more refined and we're capable of bearing an even heavier load at the end of our journey than we were before we faced that adversity. No, I'm following you. So what I think I'm hearing from that is you're saying that as you're defining resilience, it's this idea of long suffering with meaning behind it, right? With real change coming from it, that it's not uh, just some sort of meaningless thing that has happened that is bad or uh, just un simply just uncomfortable, but instead maybe it is bad, maybe it is uncomfortable, 
but what's coming at the end of this is of incredible value. And it sounds like it brings the ability to suffer with patience, suffer with Absolutely. waiting. It's kind of what you're describing there. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'll compare it to weightlifting, right? If anyone wanted to get into weightlifting, right? The, you know, no one goes into weightlifting because they want to get sore. But that's actually the first thing that happens, right? You know, when I want to look good for my wife and everything like that, like what I do is I have to put more weight on, right? And so what happens is I don't get the body that I want immediately. I have to get sore. Then I get stronger. Then my body changes little by little in, in small increments. Then after that, you know, by putting on more weight, then I'm starting, you know, my body starts to be shaped in the way that I would like it to be. I, I love it. That's a, that is a very good analogy, by the way. Um, I feel like I don't do that second part. I think I'm just perpetually sore. So uh, maybe that's just me, though. Who knows? You got to put more weight on. You know, you got you to gotta power through it. No I pain, no gain. I'm trying to do the exact opposite. I'm trying to take weight off, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, that's a different type of weight I'm trying to take off right there. So I, I, what you're saying is beautiful. What you're saying I love, right? Like, I want to hear this more in the world of counseling because I, mm. I, I think it's something that I can – uh, very much here on a Sunday sermon or something like that. And it sounds really good, particularly when it's, it's kind of given in, in shorter doses. But I bet the world of counseling, sort of sitting with the person with this, has to be a very different experience. So I, I'd love to hear more about uh, the res like resilience and sort of um, the, the growth of, of spiritual maturity in this arena. Absolutely. Well, spiritual maturity, it happens in community right? So like as the church, as counselors, we're, we're a part of your community, right? As a counselor, I enter into your community. I become someone who's an advocate for you, right? So I help you find your strengths, right? There's a lot of people, and there's one thing that I found with my research, and just like when I, when I meet with, with clients, you guys don't know how strong you are, right? There are strengths that you have that you, you're not aware of. There's an ability to, to do problem solving that you're not aware of until I start asking certain questions. And it's like, when we ask these questions as therapists, then it kind of ignites something in you that, that helps you to realize that like, you're actually more resilient than you think, right? You actually are more capable of handling issues and everything, but it's a perspective shift that happens um, in the counseling um, process that allows you to actually recognize that, that you are resilient or that you can be more resilient than you have been. No, that's, that's really good, right? Like, um, you have noted that in some of these sort of situations that you're finding that through questioning, you're able to show somebody their resilience. You're not saying that you're you know, making someone necessarily more resilient or bringing them something necessarily new, but more so stating, hey, this has been here the entire time and you either haven't been able to access it, you haven't been able to see it, or maybe you just haven't given it the light that it deserves, something like right. that. Definitely. It's a combination of both because like there are skills that I can teach, right? You know, there are coping behaviors that we can teach. There's different things that we can teach in, in the, just the therapeutic relationship and everything. But then there's also things that will resonate more with you um, than other things because it's something that you've already been doing or something that you just didn't have a name for. And so like by us working together, um, I'm able to help, you know, empower you, um, to know that you do have these strengths. And, and then when we have, you know, the perspective of, hey, this is only temporary, right? Or, or in light of eternity, where, where do I find myself? You know, that, that's when you see real change and transformation happen. Yeah, right. Like what, what I hear you describing right there is a lot of, uh, the term I've always sort of wrapped around this is dignity, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of our uh, innate sense of self-worth, our innate sense of value and, and how we're often 
certainly depends on the person, but a lot of us are very blind to that. And we're yeah. also very, very good for ourselves for picking out the things that are sort of anti-dignity, I guess, uh, our, our worst habits, our, our worst uh, sort of pieces or the things that we, we identify as our worst sort of pieces. Yeah. So um, I, I love talking about these things. I think it's a great subject. I, I'd love to hear this in a sort of like a semi-fictitious example of what this could be like. Do you have sort of like a, uh, again, semi-fictitious scenario of something someone might be sort of going through this long-suffering sort of resilience-oriented process and what it would be like to walk along beside them? Uh, I, I would love just a sort of a... a very nuts and bolts idea of things. Okay. That's interesting. I may have to think about that just for a second or that, two. Oh, that's all right. Um, well, I could think of someone who, you know, maybe struggling with anxiety, right? You know, you just feel like, um, you know, let's talk about even in the pandemic, right? You may have been furloughed from work, you know, you don't know um, when you're going to go back or, um, you know, you don't know how you're going to pay the bills and everything. Um, so how do you bounce back from something like that, right? Will your job be there or anything, you know? We don't know. Yeah, right. But, you know, I think about it like this, right? Okay, well, what do you have the power to do, right? You know, you have the power to rest. <laughs> you have the power to um, just kind of like grab a hold of your situation and not just let it um, just crush you. You're doing some really, like, I, I hear exactly what you're doing right now. You're laying down this sort of like, here are very practical things that are going on in this real world. And, you know, what would it look like then if I'm sitting down in a counseling session with somebody, I'm saying, okay, they have this power. They have this ability to, to take time to step away, to rest and take a break. Mm -hmm. They have this power, this capacity to be connected with the people around them, see what mm -hmm. resources they might have been missing, using resilience more as a, not as a solution directly to the issue, but more of like a tool to start handling the problem. I wouldn't say like, Oh, you know, I fixed my, uh, I can, let's say I get a flat tire. I wouldn't sit there and say, well, the wrench is the solution. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I need the wrench, but like the solution is like getting another tire, you know what I mean? Or, or fixing right. the flat or, or something like that. But I need the wrench, obviously, to do that. So I think you're discussing the idea of resilience as a tool, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. In order to get there. Uh, so as I'm, as I'm hearing you describe this, you're, you would be saying to somebody that was, um, out of work uh, or, or, you know, really suffering with the ideas of, I don't know what's happening next and I can't face another day, you would say, okay, I want you to look at what you have right now. And it's okay to take a break and to rest in this. You don't have to attack immediately, especially not without a plan. So let's see what you got. Let's metaphorically look under the hood. Yeah, absolutely. Like it gives you back that sense of control that I yeah. think that is one of the, the things that happens the most is right. We just have a sense of like, I don't have any control in this, but you actually have more control than you think. Right. Because I mean, growing, growing up, right. As you grow up, when you're five years old, like maybe learning to ride a bike, right. It's an impossible, it's an impossible challenge, right. You get on, you may fall off, you may scrape your knee, you know, you may have these things that happen, but then you get back on the bike right and you, you pedal and, and and then you learn and then you're able to do that and you're able to move that from that to something else so just in these scenarios and and just um and what we face we able, we're able to see what we can do rather than focusing on what we cannot and then we're able to just use that as a way to become stronger 
and, and to become more durable in whatever we'll face next. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's, that's really, really good right there. There's, there's something about the counseling relationship that I think is a very, especially from what you're describing, it, a very personal way of doing this, right? Um, Absolutely. Um, just, I mean, yeah. I feel like the, the word encouragement, right? We don't have the courage inside of us, but we need someone to put the courage in us encourage you know and so like that's why community is so important and so some of us don't have community right there are so many people who are alone they don't have you know they're away from their friends and their family and things like that but like again let us step in as that advocate for you and you know just help build that bridge and then connect you to other people in the community uh, great choice of word there i think with with advocacy right uh, so one thing you're saying is with, with, especially when you're sitting down with somebody, you feel like one of your biggest jobs or one of the biggest roles you play is advocacy. Absolutely. Um, how would you say that advocacy sort of helps somebody in the resilience gaining spiritual maturity process? What, why is that role important? I think it's important just because it's somebody who can see like beyond just your current situations, but they can see your potential and just kind of give you that formula to, to let, your, uh, <laughs> let your potential go beyond your situation, mm. right? And so it's like, I can see, like you have the ability to get through this. I can see that this is not, you know, the end for you or something that can cause you to just give up and, and just lose all hope. But I can actually see you have gotten through things that may have not been as difficult, but you've gotten through difficult things so you're still going to be able to use that perseverance that you have gotten from other situations that you've been in life to help propel you through this particular situation that you're facing. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, what I'm hearing is you're saying that is a lot of sort of, I'm going to call this like beauty language, right? Like this whole process for you is very beautiful. Uh, Absolutely. Versus I think when people are first entering therapy and counseling, they're often at the end of the rope in a difficult position, very poor off. Um, and so yeah, it, it can be scary. It can be, it can just be really scary to to start and to have to reach out um, to 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 be with someone you don't know, right? Someone you've never had a conversation before. They don't know you. You don't know them. Um, but then you leave the you leave that relationship. Just you know, it, it's almost like a family member, or just there's kind of like a being torn uh, because this person has advocated for you so well, and like they just have been so meaningful to you and they've connected you to yourself and like the, the the deeper parts of yourself and connected you to god right that's why that's why we are christian counselors so that it just becomes like you said a beautiful process that restores our dignity you know some that we've given away and some that have been taken away but in the end it's restored and it's given back into the hands of god yeah um, this is one of those topics I could probably talk to you for like an hour about. I want to push it to a, you know, a thousand different populations. You, you even brought the idea of like when it's been taken away. That's a whole nother podcast, I think, though. Uh, I really just want to give a quick nod of, yeah, we could totally talk about that. But I, I don't think I'm going to enter that, uh, that set of waters, as it were, because it's, it's a bigger, bigger subject, right? Um, I think this is just a very, very good overview of, of who you are, where you stand, and sort of um, how you see, how you do counseling. James, is there any sort of um, thing that you feel like you want to sort of uh, say before we finish up during our time today? Absolutely. Um, I just want to remind everybody that um, God is in control, um, even when it seems like our world is insane or that uh, just, just things aren't the way that we would want them or uh, just for whatever reason. 
Um, but remember that even when nothing is going well, that God is, is allowing these challenges to develop our character, right? And these challenges are temporary, right? And so they're purposeful. So you will get stronger. You will endure it um, if you don't quit, right? So stay with it. Um, you know, hold on to community that you have, whether that's uh, siblings, spouses, friends, whoever it is, but just reach out to somebody. Don't, don't do it alone because we weren't really meant to be by ourselves, right? We were meant to have people around us. So um, that's how spiritual maturity is built, you know, by having others around us. And that is how we can also be resilient because one thing about pain, when you share pain with others, there's less pain because you're distributing it, you know, among other people. When there's joy, joy is multiplied because you're able to give that joy and everyone celebrates with you. So, um, you know, I just say, stay faithful, find your community and, and whoever that is, and uh, you will get through this. That's good. I, I once heard David Pallison say, uh, grief shared is half, but joy shared is doubled. Mm. Uh, and that's always yeah. a quote I think of when people say those, and uh, it's such a great quote. Um, well, James, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for making some time out of your schedule. Um, and I appreciate you sharing all of that. And, um, thank you. And thank you, you for doing this. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, and I hope to get a chance to talk to you again. I think this is such a good topic and go, go a lot of ways. So um, I'm sure we will touch base and find a, uh, a landing place, another topic here soon enough. I'll look forward to it. Take care. You too. Thank you.